I mean, I've got these like itchy bumps on my fingers. That sounds like cancer to me. I'm really glad that sentence ended with fingers. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Good day, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Random topics, unrehearsed conversation, and quality reviews. My name is Michael Hodgins, and with me today um, is Mr. Crofton Steers. Hello, Michael. Good day to you, sir. Good. And, of good course, uh, <laughs> it is a good day, well, I guess. And uh, Bo Schwartz. Hi, Bo. Hello, Michael. Hello, Crofton. And hello, GBB listener. Yes, good hello. To, to all good. of you. Good day to us all and to you all. Uh, how are you guys doing? Apparently, it's a good day, so I assume you're all doing good. <laughs> I, I'm doing actually, uh, I'd say, moderately okay. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Little side note: I'm not sure. Have either of you guys ever had an MRI before? Mm. You know what that is? It's like a medical imaging thing. I don't even know what MRI stands for. Oh, so there's something re- resonant. Um, resonating imaging something resonance do you, do you lie in a bed and they put you in in, an incubator type yeah, thing it, and stick, they stick you in one of those oh like, it's, i know it is it's, it's magnetic. magnetic magnetic resonance imaging that's what oh there you go see he googled that while i was no talking. i didn't that's, i thought of it but it definitely is magnet like there's giant signs for uh, magnets and all this i i got i went in it uh, last weekend and uh, you're sitting down in a bed, you know, you go into this thing. If you're claustrophobic, it's probably your worst nightmare. But for me, it was my shoulder and I just got the results back from the doctor and, uh, was mostly like, like there's a lot that could stand to be better. But, um, the part that made me laugh the most, because I got a copy of the MRI and it's all this medical mumbo jumbo all written out and I'm reading it. And at one point it says, um, the MRI says that the muscle bulk on my shoulder appears to be unremarkable, which, <laughs> which, which, which made me laugh a lot because, A, I'm not very muscular. And, and the, just the PC way they're saying, like, this guy's a pussy was, was pretty funny. <laughs> so, uh, it's probably so, some medical term, unremarkable, probably means, like, neutral. Yeah, no, that's so probably what it means. It may just serve to uh, show you that the machine really does work. I just would laugh if, if uh, you know, a bodybuilder went in and gave out and it's like the muscle bulk appears totally jacked. You know, like that's their medical term. Yeah. Like, uh, yes, I knew it. Uh, uh, where unremarkable is my medical term. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to work. They're going to inject steroids into my shoulder. So hopefully after that, they will be very remarkable. It's not the same kind of steroids because I, I was on some steroids for a liver problem I had years ago. And I remember thinking, I wonder if I'll get more muscular because of having these steroids. But then people pointed out that they weren't anabolic steroids. <laughs> they were, they were so that I was not going to get any stronger. And I was like, oh, I thought it'd be a side <laughs> effect would be having remarkable muscles, but uh, not so. Yeah, that would be a I drug just... everyone would be just jump at taking if the side effect was muscles. No, well, there is jacked. that. It's anabolic steroids, and you don't jump and take it because it screws you up. Yeah. You get small balls or something. I it's forget more the- than just that. It's also like a raging and oh, bone problems. It's really not a good thing to take. 
Though apparently Facebook wants me to take something like it because they get all these suggested posts for guys <laughs> with jacked muscles all the time. I'm like, why? Why yeah. does Facebook? That's, think that's I so want- odd that you get those. I just find that so no, strange. You know, maybe they I, know I, your I, muscle mass is unremarkable. My muscle mass is unremarkable, and but yet Facebook. I've not done any searches on like putting on muscle mass, but yet I'm getting all these things of like. I, I guess oh, your well. searches for muscular dudes just led to <laughs> yeah, attractive muscle men, and that's, yeah. that's one of my. Yeah, shoes. I think Facebook's file on all of us or each of us would put a doctor's file to shame. Alrighty, They've- so we uh, speaking of files, let's. Uh, Let's go into our random topic files and pull out one vis-a-vis our machine or using our machine. Ready to. That one was pretty excruciating. Ooh, yeah, it was. Um, the topic today is dress codes. That sounds like is there's no chance we did this one before, is there? We've done so many now; it's starting to. to I feel everything. like we mentioned it. In, it might have been uh, in, in an education one. Is that possible? I don't know. I have no recollection. I don't think this. we've done it, but I was thinking about this. Actually, it occurred to me on the weekend dress codes because um, my brother-in-law just got a new job, and I guess he was he's in like sales, and I guess where he was working in sales for like Xerox, he it was like. Uh, business so he wore a suit and tie every day and i was like really you wore a suit and tie every day and, and, and he was like yeah but his new job is gonna be business casual so he's like i went out and bought a whole bunch of new clothes because <laughs> new dress code is business casual and i was kind of like huh because i wear whatever the hell i pull out of my closet which is like t-shirt and kind of pants that i wouldn't call them jeans but slacker pants like <laughs> and then i go to work i'm like there like is no dress code that i'm aware of formally at my work there's not. Yeah, I didn't think so. But I, I guess maybe, you know, I'm in the public sector. Maybe the private sector is a little bit more like, you know, this is how, you know, and he goes out and meets clients to to sell, you know, big software packages and stuff too. I would understand that maybe you put a suit on for that. But like day in, day out, a suit, when you're call, making cold calls, it seems like overkill. So I guess like, you know, dress codes being that like you work somewhere and there is a code of conduct. And I guess the two types Mike touched on right off are the written code and the unwritten code. Uh, with regards to what you wear or what you are supposed to wear uh, on any given day. And uh, I also work in the public service. Uh, there is no code per se. There's no f- written code. Although if I came to work with torn off jeans and stuff like that, I'm sure people would talk to me about it. You guys uh, really don't have a code? No, there's. It, it's interesting because I would I, at one point I worked for the or at the middle of the government. There is a department that's responsible for setting all the policies that apply to all departments, and I answered the phone for them for a while. And the people would ask all the time. They'd be like, "What is the government of Canada's dress code?" And wh- whereas if you are a public servant going into a volcano to get a soil sample, there might be a safety. Or you know helmet requirement or you know whatever. Uh, there's no there's no day to day like you need to wear this or you need to wear that. Uh, e- even like b- broad strokes like business casual or anything like that. At least you know at least in the public service. So the code the the dress code in the public service is unwritten because everybody dr- generally dresses quite nicely to 
I would say writ large, but it's 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 an unwritten thing. You don't have to do it. Uh, whereas if you're working at say Tim Hortons or McDonald's or something like that, and you are serving the public directly, you're working, you're reporting, you're working for this corporation, and that corporation has a strict dress code. It's written down. It says you you have to wear this, you have to wear that. Um, it, you know your well, they, pin has to be on this side. They provide it for you. They provide well, you uniform. Yeah, I, I guess the I guess the epitome of the dress code is the uniform. But but hang on, before we move into uniforms, um, well, I'm still sort of hung up on this idea because of what you mentioned, which is like so. Public servants don't have a dress code, but clearly there are consequences because this is this is a set of decision making that you do in preparation for the employment contract you're fulfilling. Um, clearly, there is some decision making going on as to what attire you will wear, and it sounds to me like there could be reprimand or consequences for making certain choices. So simply because it's not codified in some policy document that you have to adhere to, that doesn't mean there isn't a code. It's just unwritten in your particular cases. Do you think that's an accurate statement? That's what I said. Yeah. Unwritten code. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the higher ups, all like the directors and director generals, generally the men wear suits and the women wear I always see. Yeah, that's I the would one still thing I say that there's a dress code, then, just not an, a, a literal I would, dress code. But it's still it's informal. Somewhere. Like they don't have to do that, but that's the culture of executive. So if you want to be an executive, you have to dress like one. But it's not written down. Like you could be a director and wear jogging pants every day, but maybe when you interview to be a director general, they might say, "Ah, uh, we don't go for the jogging pant look." What so you're you out. actually get fired or demoted or no? Get I don't put think they would. I think I think probably the issue in the government is this is one that heavily. Um, Moves, gets tries to step around uh, issues that might be considered discriminatory. So if someone says, you know, uh, it's my culture to wear track pants uh, to work, and how dare you discriminate against me for for wearing that? <laughs> uh, you, you know, and and then they might yeah. be like, oh, you know, fair enough. Like, I guess. Uh, yeah. uh, and one thing I've heard, which I think is sort of true, is that it depends whether or not you deal with the public. A lot of public servants deal with the public, and I think you're generally expected to wear clean clothes, look more or less business ca- business casual at least. But if yeah. you're not dealing with the public, most people don't give a crap because you're just you're sitting in an office all day. Like it doesn't. You're not trying to present the face of the government to the public. I think if you are, then it's expected that you're at least fairly well put together. And- so- so, well, okay, Crofton, you can say. Okay. Well, I was just going to say because Mike touched on a couple of things there that are that are interesting. Because yeah, they're for sure at cer- certain levels, directly with the public, things are codified. Like you know, po- um, police officers, firemen, all that sort of stuff uh, are you know RCMP officers or federal uh, public servants, but they you know they have a uh, codified dress code. Now, and recently, guns. and recently, uh, in in um, Mike was talking about how once you start talking about how people can or how people can't dress, it starts getting it starts getting risky. And he made the the joke about track pants, which of course is not in any religion that we know of. But um, recently, in the province of Quebec, there was a huge debate, and it ended up being a ballot box ballot box question at the last um, provincial election which was a it was a code for uh, what public servants uh, can wear with regards to religious symbols and pretty much was saying that you cannot wear any religious symbols um, 
except like for very small crosses or something along those lines. And it was a hugely controversial. So if I'm a Muslim and I want to, uh, you know, wear a headdress or something like that, um, I would under this law, if I was working at say, uh, I don't know, the service Quebec office or something like that, I would not be allowed to wear my religious symbols, um, uh, as part of the the code of values of the province. Now, in the end, the government lost their entire election on that, and the new government uh, is is not going to proceed with that sort of thing. But that's the sort of thing governments have to bear in mind when they set dress codes for their employees. There's so many factors yeah. uh, they well, have so to think, take into account. I think account. private companies have a bit more leeway in terms that they can just say. Um, this is this is the image we want to project for our for our business, and so therefore you you may, you may find it discriminatory, but that's that's our business. You don't have to work here. So if you're going to work here, you have to wear the uniform. I know they. I don't think they can do that. That's a human rights violation. I believe. Yeah, honestly, have you ever seen? No, but I mean, think about it. Like if you go to Tim Hortons, people are wearing Tim Hortons uniforms, and and it's not like it's not a human rights violation because if but you. I see to, women. I but, see Muslim women wearing hijabs. Yeah, at, uh, but I was Tim just going to get to that. It, that doesn't dissuade you from wearing things that are important to your culture. You can wear hijab and a Tim Hortons uniform. In that you can wear a turban. And and an RCMP uniform. There's nothing wrong with that, but you still have to wear the uniform. You can you can um, express your your religious beliefs or your culture within that context, but you're not going to see someone in saying showing up to work even at some place like Tim Hortons, just wearing like a Tasmanian Devil T-shirt and a jogging pants. Um, I've never seen that, and let me know if you have. Uh, well, but in, in in the world of imagination, assuming someone makes a claim that that is a religious art of part of their religious dress, then they would bring it to in Canada. They, I'm sure they, you know, file it with human rights as a human rights complaint, and that would be reviewed by the good people of the human rights. Right, but I, I think you know. you're getting a bit into hypotheticals about someone wearing jogging pants, and and I mean, I think we, well, we you were. I'm just. You know, having a conversation no, with you about it. It's like Tim Hortons has a dress code, and I've never not seen it. You know, people at Tim Hortons wear Tim Hortons. Well, generally, a uniform is a uniform. It's a standard. You know, whether it's private sector or public sector, it's a required dress for a particular yeah, it's, function. Yeah, it's, it's a dress code, uh, which is all. I, which I'm saying now. I, I guess we should get into the question of: uh, Is it good to have a dress code? What are the advantages of a dress code? I'd say the advantage is uh, – one major advantage is it allows you to brand yourself as a company um, and, and that you can look at someone and say, hey, that person works here. And you know, I, I went into – I forget what store I went into the other day. I think – I don't know if it was Canadian Tire. I forget what it was. But the, the, the point I, was that I couldn't find anybody that worked there uh, because they were all dressed – Oh, no, it was Fab Baby Gear. It's a baby store. Okay, you can stop laughing, audience. I know you're laughing because all my references have to do with babies now. But but Fab Baby Gear down the street is a fairly big baby store. It's got a lot of real estate. They have about six people working at any given time. They all dress like they they have no uniform. They don't even have a T-shirt that says Fab Baby Gear on it. So when it's sort of packed in there or whatever and you're looking around and you're trying to get help with something, you take a look and you're like, geez, nobody nobody works here or maybe that lady does. And then you go up to them and you say, hey, do you work here? And they give 
you this look and say, no, uh, and then they walk away and you feel like an idiot. And if they were uni- wearing uniforms or at least had a uniform dress code in which everybody wore like black shirt, black pants and heels or whatever they some people wear, you know, and, and it, at least you would know uh, that that person works there. So it allows them to brand themselves, allows them to identify themselves as employees of the company, especially when serving the public. Yeah, I would say the top-down branding, like from a cultural standpoint, like you think about Starbucks, they wear their iconic green aprons and you know have a general look to them uh yeah and if you think about i don't know if i think about canadian tire everyone wears red shirts i have i have a sort of picture in mind of what a canadian tire employee looks like and what a walmart employee looks like with their are they ponchos (laughs) whatever it is they wear the blue things you know um even though they wear i think regular clothes and um also of note in a lot of clothing stores uh they not necessarily required, but strongly encouraged, and maybe required in many cases, to wear the product that they sell. So if you're a Gap oh, yeah. employee, you wear Gap clothes. You don't go to American Outfitters and, and buy their clothes and then come to work. <laughs> do they In those situations, Bo, do you know if they give you the clothes? Or like, how uh, does that work? Depending on the store, some stores are cruel and heartless, and others provide you with a, a steep discount. I know... Um, I full disclosure, I have worked for Gap Incorporated at one period in my life, and I received at the time a fifty percent discount on all items, and I think it was something like thirty percent on sale items or something like if that. If you get a discount, though, it kind of seems unfair because you're at the you're told, okay, you need to wear clothes of this brand, and we'll get, there's only one place you can buy them, and it's from us. We'll give you a discount, but you have to buy them from us. It's not like the provision of a uniform. And I know some places, like when I was a ski instructor uh, for a year, I had to gauge, because I only did it for a year, and I had to gauge if it was worth buying the uniform. They made us buy the uniform. And there was a certain amount of prestige in in, in it, but like you couldn't g- give lessons unless you had the, the uniform, uh, which they changed every like three or four years. And the uniform was like a ski jacket and ski pants. I think it was close to 500 bucks, which at the time was even uh, more money than it is now. And so they were making money off their own employees. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, like the the only time I can remember having a a uniform it was provided by um I mean it was a small business when I was in the in the rafting. They just it was basically just a t shirt. They're like, here's your t shirt. We wear purple t shirts when we work. And they're like, all right, fine. You know, and they give it to you. Um I get the impression that at um uh the bungee, where Crofton's brother is the manager of the great Canadian bungee. Shout out to Nick Steers if you're listening. Hello, Nick. I think no, I may be wrong, maybe he'll come and lambast me for this, but I'm pretty sure they give their employees like bungee uh they give them a couple bungee shirts to wear at work. It's part of one of the perks you get it for free. I think that the difference is that something like that, it's like their core work is like providing bungee jumps or at when i worked in the rafting providing rafting whereas say the gap what they do is clothing so i think a perceived perk of working at the gap is that you get discounts on awesome gap clothes and so some people might be like that's sweet i love the gap so they go there and then it's like a bonus uh, so they were they were as both said it was strongly encouraged but then it's like you get the incentive of uh you know in theory nice clothes and then you can just get a discount so that's like yeah, I mean, you know, it, depending on the age you're at, I think now I'm I'm not enthused about getting close at a discount for what I'm going to do for a living. 
but um, you know, it, it is a it is a you know benefit to have nice clothes for for the cheaper amount. Um, but look, um, here's one of my issues with with dress codes. I mean, I think we've pointed out. I mean, I'm sure there's other positives too. You know, simple identifications, uh, especially in the context of things like police officers and stuff like that. I can totally see it. You know, a cop is a authority figure. Um, you need to be able to identify them quickly. But aside from that, it, like kind of across the board, and as, I feel like w- what it is, and you guys, it was stated, you know, it's like you want to brand the company. But as an individual, I, I don't, you know, I dislike that. Uh, it, it, when I work for a company, because I don't you want to brand yourself? Well, like, sort well of yeah, you I'm like, uh, yeah. to, to some extent. And I, I realize that, um, you know, when you're taking a job, you're agreeing to abide by whatever the policies of that company but i feel like because what they aim to do is sort of wash away your individuality and stamp on a corporate identity and i just think that kind of sucks because we're all individuals and i think there is some balance to be had and i think a lot of employers do recognize that and there's some you know uh, there's some leeway where you can still wear a name tag say at a retail store and wear clothes that are appropriate to you i think of a lot of kind of like uh you know it, independent coffee shops and stuff people wear like an apron and wear whatever they want underneath and it's kind of like clear they work there but they're just being who they are i just feel like it makes people more comfortable and you don't have to sell your soul to work at a job you don't have to be like who i am is gone here's my i am the corporate uh brand that that's my personal view i have i have i have something strong to say about that because i think for a long time i felt very much inclined in that same way because um, I think in a certain light, you look at clothes, and it's like clothes are an expression of self in a certain way. That you select the clothes, and you express yourself with what you wear, whether that's you're just chill or you take a lot of time to put yourself together very well. Um, and the same, you know, speech issues not only apply to clothes in various workplaces, but to how you think and talk. So, um, you know, if you're working in a corporate environment that, you know, let's use the Xerox example, maybe, you know, you you sell Xeroxes and you walk around in the workplace, not even to the public, bashing the Xerox brand, saying like, you know, it's a great job and all, but like really the products have gone downhill and, um, you know, really this other company is making better products and and you want to have the ability to say what you think that is well and good because in a certain light, I suppose that's protected. I don't technically know. But at the same time, um, it is harmful to the company. Uh, and What does that have to do with dress codes, though? Well, dress codes can be a form of expression. So you might say, well, I'm this awesome and special person, and this is the way I dress. And if that's in conflict with a dress code, um, that company has a right to promote a certain type of culture and values within its, within its walls. And with... Uh, and with the the public that it interacts with, or the the people that it interacts with, or just the general image, like it it has speech, and it can look at the agents of its operation and say, well, these things don't reflect the values and expressions that we as a company wish to promote. And um, I know that I think people that are you know, very very liberal, or I don't know if liberal is the right word, but um, you know, feel that this impugns on their ability to have free speech. Uh, I think that I think that the company or the organization has a right to to um, you know decide on the behaviors of its employees and how they dress. Is that am I making sense? Like the, it, it, if you just go in and say whatever you want, and if that's 
if that's harmful to the organization, then the organization has a right to act in the form of reprimand if you're not adhering to the dress code or if you're not speaking or behaving in a way that's not necessarily against the law or breaking any rules, but that is deemed to be harmful uh, to the organization. Uh, well, I, think, I personally think it's a bit of a stretch to assume that what one wears can be deemed offensive. I like. I think it's a bit of a stretch to say like I'm bashing. Well, not necessarily Trump. offensive, just not in the direction. Like, right. We I don't even have I, to get that extreme. I think that there is a difference between um, saying something expressly negative about the company you work for and just dressing how in what makes you feel comfortable uh i think that there there is something to be said about say cleanly you know maybe cleanliness or wearing soiled clothes like that's one thing i don't think that's necessarily an expression of your personality but to say like i'm more comfortable in t-shirts than button-up shirts as long as a t-shirt is clean and doesn't say anything derogatory i think that should be fine um but i think that there's room for individuality to be expressed in a company setting without adversely affecting the company i think that i think it's understandable to acknowledge you're working for a company and Mm -hmm. and maybe put some of your political views aside to work there but you don't have to put everything aside i i I like to think of like when when you think of like communist uh regimes or whatever where everyone's wearing those kind of like gray button down uh with the little hats with the mini visors sort of like soviet kind of like comrade we're all the same and i feel like the the aim is to uh, wash away individuality um, and that is, uh, and that, and I think that that's a negative side effect of dress codes. Is that what we're doing is we're washing away what makes us all unique, and that's important. And I don't think we should just wash it away because of jobs. But I, I think I think that you guys are both touching on different, like, because there are there are lots of different types of jobs, right? So we talked about like where you have your your outfit and you represent the front line of a company. We talked about maybe being in the public service or somewhere where you're sitting at a desk and you don't deal with people on a uh, on a daily basis other than your colleagues, right? Um, so there, there's all all different ways. But like Mike earlier when you you were saying. Um, I was saying how I was annoyed working at the ski hill where I had to pay for the the, the outfit that I'd wear at work. Uh, and you said, well, you know, maybe it's a benefit for people. They work at the Gap. So if you're if you're applying at the Gap um, and then you're told, oh, you know, you have to wear Gap clothes all the time and you, you can only buy them at the Gap and you get a reduction. Uh, and then you and you choose to work there. Well, then you've accept you know you've accepted this, and you are selling those clothes because you are on on the front line. That's that's you know that's your job. But other places where you might get hired, you know, going in the door, what the dress code is or what expectations are expected of you. And if you choose as an individual to sign on to that, then I think like especially if it's a private co- company that has a corporate identity. I think in the movie in Office Space, uh which which is now dated a uh, late 90s movie. Uh, it has not aged well. I just watched it like a week ago and I was like, "Huh." Oh, did you? Well, okay. Well, in Office Space, everybody always thinks about the office guys, but another another character in Office Space was Jennifer Aniston's character who worked at a restaurant where she had to wear a certain amount of 
what were known as pieces of flair. Uh, and uh, it, it was a spoof of, an, uh, or I think, TGI Fridays or an actual restaurant that existed. And even in Ottawa, I've gone to restaurants like Montana's and stuff like that where they where they have to do a little spiel beforehand. Even and they Home they, Depot does that too. On their little aprons, they wear all like pins and stuff. Oh, they oh really? Eh? Uh, yeah. so, so like they have these things added and above, and it sort of ways you can, you know, rate who's a good employee and who's not. I have issue. I have issue with that when when it gets excessive. When it gets like to be a song and dance routine and all this. Now you can argue again that the person who signs on to 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 work at Montana's or to work at you know the um, uh, Home Depot are, are aware of are aware of this. But at the same time, like that might not be – when you think of Home Depot, you think of tools and stuff. I might be interested in tools. I'm not necessarily interested in wearing tons of little buttons. I don't mind wearing their apron. So I think there's – it's good to be identified with an identified outfit. But I think like there's there's a limit to to the sort of little rinky-dink stuff that they can put on, the stuff that they make you do. And the other thing is – if they change a dress code while you're there or they introduce a dress code while you're there, that's where it becomes a little trickier too because when you signed on for the job, you might not have signed on for the dress code. But now the dress code is there. You have to decide if you're going to stay or not really is what it comes down to. And when you look at a guy like Mark Zuckerberg, who billionaire creator of Facebook, when he created his – he's associated with his hoodie and T-shirt look or whatever. And and that's his, that's almost face, it's almost Facebook's corporate look now. And uh, and what's funny about that is that he's like, you know what? I'm the boss. I can dress how I want, and you know, people people can dress how they want. We're an online business. You're going to be working uh, not directly with people, so whatever. Dress, you know, dress uh, the way you want, and that I think that recognizing that is 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 a successful way to keep the best people in your business. I think Recognizing, but even like, in that work environment, if someone comes in in jogging pants and, and a, a hoodie that other people might not be insulted or at the very least, you know, because there are, there are business standards for the workplace. I honestly think though, that with companies like, uh, you know, ones that have those reputations like Facebook and Google or like um, online sort of, uh, news organizations and things like that, where you have this idea of everyone dressing like. However, I feel like what goes along with that, and what those, and this is part of what those companies are trying to not only brand but inspire, is that what they want is what they want are creative thoughts. They want new ideas. They want innovation. And I think realize that those things don't come from uniformity. And then so saying you wear a suit is not going to get you the type of employee who thinks differently. Um, it's going to get you the type of employee who's conf- who conforms. So if if you're in uh, a technology company who wants innovation, you want people who have new interesting ideas. So let them do whatever they want because then they're going to give us something interesting. Whereas if you're an old school corporate just machine chugging along, you want conformity. So we'll dress this way because that's how it is. And if you don't like it, leave. Yeah, I mean that's the there might probably is a something to I, that. Yeah. You know, like I I don't disagree with that. I think I think that's true, and I I just like I I know that um, Google, for instance, and and Facebook and all these new sort of tech giants have complete. I know that their dress code. I saw an article about it the other day. Their dress codes are casual and and google's thing is is that like it's this it like what mike said it's the size of your ideas uh and not the size of your suit you know like you can 
um, they, they want they want the most creative, they want the most forward thinking people, and they're also attracting a, a young demographic. And the the young demographic doesn't necessarily want to be you know buying buying a set of suits uh, uh, every day. So I think that there's these two worlds that are cl- kind of colliding with the Gen Ys and and um, and and the G- the Gen Xs and the baby boomers who are still very much like you know suit and tie uh, suit and tie based. So we may see a giant shift. Uh, well, I, and I think we were t- we were touching on this a little bit earlier about like could you make a human rights complaint and, and all that. And I I think this I'm going to say it. I think it's a bit of a stretch, uh, but I I do think that there there um, there is something to being uh, to to not having to wear a suit uh, that 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 is a a a good thing. It's sort of like what you want is to be judged by the content of your character. Uh, to not borrow from Martin Luther King Jr. But you don't want, like, why, like we don't need to judge people on what you're wearing. So you, you look at a guy's suit, okay, I know everything about him. You want to hear, well, how does he, how, do, how does he or she uh, think? How do they present themselves? Are they polite? Are they courteous? Um, are they coming up with interesting ideas? That's what's important in most any workplace. And that's kind of my issue with, uh, we don't need to just judge people by their appearances. And I think that's what dress codes do. They force us to judge people on appearances. Uh, but what, I mean, I feel, and I think part of the younger generation wants to be judged by what they do, their actions, or what they say, or their ideas. And I think that that is important, and I really feel it's a good thing to move towards that across the board. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, though, like, it's the opposite of what you said? Like, because if everybody was dressed the same, then you would be judged by your ideas. But if everybody's dressed differently or you dress the way you want, then you're going to be judged by the way you dress, right? Like if if there is a dress code and everybody was wearing suits, then it would be your ideas that would differentiate you from the pack in that wouldn't that well, be? No, because I, well, I think that those are tied to how you present yourself. It's like what you said earlier, it's personal, it's personal branding. So if you're, whereas if you dress in a conforming manner, there's assumptions made about you. Like I make assumptions about men who wear suits and they may not be right. They may not be, they may be incorrect assumptions, but there are assumptions that I make because I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's wearing a suit. I think he's a square kind of go with the pack kind of thinker he, he or may not be uh but that's what i think when i see a suit yeah well suits uh, have a like a very distinct cultural value right like some clothes you may be confused by but they're i mean they are symbols that communicate meaning i think i think a lot of things are but we keep bringing up suits as you know representing a a strict and conformist uh environment and personality type that value certain things like perhaps money and they value um, uh, they value you know this sort of this sort of sense of professionalism that doesn't have room for creative ideas you know like uh, it may and it may communicate to other people who appreciate suits a uh, sense of respect and decorum but um, I think I think depending on what you're doing, like what, who it is that you have an employment agreement with, or whatever it is that you're you're doing, certain types of of, of um, communication in this sense, you know, is required or necessary, or deemed to be required or necessary by those in charge of it. Um, and I think that 
you know, it's up to an individual basis. If you're not a person that likes to wear suits, then, you know, don't seek out uh, employment that requires it, um, you know, because I guess there are alternatives out there where you, you can, you know, if you're a lumberjack, you don't need to wear a suit. <laughs> you go out to the, you wear a flannel shirt and you wear jeans, I suppose, and work boots or, or whatever. Um, so, I mean, like, I think the idea of a dress code is for a, a group or an organization to um, either instill or hold up tradition in the case of, you know, military and, 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 and police or to, you know, communicate some sort of message, whether that's branding in the case of companies or it's um, a sign, uh, signals of professionalism uh, in more office type environments, the higher executive levels. I, th- I just want to bring up one more thing for discussion here. We, we, we've talked a lot about it in the professional context, but I, and I remember this even came up when I was in school, but school dress codes yeah, that's a good um, one. Yeah. Are, are a big thing. And I mean, I would just, uh, on the same kind of line I was taking uh, earlier, I, I would say I don't, I personally don't believe in school dress codes because I think that as you're a kid and a teenager in particular, you're kind of trying to find who you are. And I think you need that room to kind of explore um, how you want to present yourself, how you want to dress um, and how to maybe learn to think differently. And I, I really don't love the way our education system is regi- is, is as regimented as it is. And I think that applying like now you all wear gray pants and tie a la Harry Potter or skirt and whatever blouse in the same color, I don't think does anything. I think all it does is prepare our kids to be good automatons when they enter the corporate workforce. And I, I think that that's, that's not what schools should be for. I, I think it only, I, yeah, I think I'm in agreement with you on that because I think kids don't know why they're there. So all they're going to know is some kids will do well in that environment. And some, you know, the kids who, you know, need to explore, need to, ha- you know, are just different, who don't do well. We'll get a we'll get negative reinforcement through discipline or through whatever doing things that they don't want to do. Um, so I'm in agreement that I think uh, school uniforms are destructive to children, actually. But good for corporate employees. Well, because you voluntarily sign up for you know you go out. I'm looking for a job. I want to be in a profession. You know, uh, they're they're. But what about what what about universities? I mean, if my effectiveness as a firefighter or as a policeman, is not impacted by the clothes that I wear. And so, and in fact, you know, in the case of a policeman, I think people are, are assured by the uniform because um, they're distinctive. Um, they probably serve other purposes more than just ceremony. But there are, you know, there are reasons why police wear what they wear. And, I, you know, I was walking down the street a few years ago, and I saw, in, I was in Hull, and the police there were wearing, like, and these weren't, like, they, they looked like just stuff they owned. They had their regular tops on, but they were all wearing camo pants or, or military-style pants. And I thought I that was horrible. I did not like that at all. Do you know why they were doing that? No, I don't know why they were doing it that. It was a jo- it was a job action because of uh, they have been without a contract, and I think maybe still are for a couple of years. So as protest, um, they're doing a job action of they wear like camo pants and weird pants um, to show that they are don't have a contract. Wh- which so. which is a poor choice in my opinion because but- military fatigues denote. You know, I don't know that they're they're they they're having this um, issue. All it looks like to me is that they're they're militarizing themselves, or they're, but, but they're it, you know thugs. It, it is interesting in in that they 
you know, choosing you can, you know, as a as a sort of labor movement thing, if your company or 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 line of work has a certain dress code and you're being feel like you're being treated unfairly as an employee, you can get together and as and as a soft form of protest uh, before a strike, you could just say we're not going to abide by the dress code fully uh, to make a statement, and that that's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, sure, and I, I'm even to take that even a little further. I don't think it necessarily needs to be. Um, we're the, you know, we're the group in power within this organization, so we dictate all the terms about the dress code. I'm very much for this being a dialogue between worker and employer um, in the various places that you will work. And so, you know, these dress codes do need to change. Um, there are places that have dress codes that are extremely outdated because, you know, bureaucracy and, you know, stuffiness or just, you know, old out of touch people may be in charge. So I think this is a, always an ongoing dialogue. But I think what needs to be determined is, you know, what is trying to be expressed to the public and to each other within an organization through dress code. And then there's probably no problem with having a set of guidelines or rules about how you dress. And I guess that I think we can just lead into verdicts on that note. And I can take first crack. You guys good? Go for it. All right. So, um, oh, okay, there's the gavel. <laughs> uh, so I'm someone who's actually, uh, and we didn't talk about this in the conversation, but um, I was a manager in a work environment where the, the air conditioning was not working so well. And um, we had some slight protest in the form of, you know, women were able to wear skirts as part of their business casual outfit. But I prohibited, I mean, our organization, but I was the one actively prohibiting um, instances of men wearing shorts to their desk jobs. They did not interact with the public in person. They were doing so over phone. But it was my responsibility to ensure a certain standard um, was met. I didn't create the standard. But at the same token, um, you know, I had a lot of conversations with individuals who felt there was a form of discrimination that women could wear skirts in the workplace uh, or dresses to the knee, whatever, um, which is another aspect of a dress code we didn't talk about, which is like short skirts being prohibited. But um, that the men had to wear, you know, pants. <laughs> and I had I threatened to send a lot of people home to do this. And um, why, while I may not have personally... It doesn't matter whether I personally agreed with it or not. I mean, I definitely would have loved to wear shorts as well. Um, you know, there's something to be said about creating a standard for an organization for a certain purpose. So I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, dress codes are a good thing. But I, I don't think they're good if, you know, there's no active conversation about what's comfortable for the majority within a given group. I, I think there's room for discussion. Good dress code. All right, I'll go next. Dress codes are bad. I just think it's one of those cases where I, you have to put on hold who you are to have a job. I, I don't think that's necessary. I understand corporate branding and trying to project this sort of corporate identity but at the same time i'm not a big fan of large corporations and don't really care about what they're trying to project because i feel like they sort of they sort of need to kind of oppress people just slightly uh stop being who you are you're not an individual you are a component of this organization and i dislike that kind of thing um i dislike it in oppressive governments and i dislike it in big corporate organizations i think that there is room to express yourself 
uh, and to respect the organization. I think you can be courteous, you can bring new ideas, um, you can dress in a way that fits your personality and not be offensive and not be contradictory to things that the, the company is projecting. I mean, I can see it a little bit more in contexts like police officers where you need to might need to run to one for help right away. Uh, I mean, I can see it in those types of of um, sort of emergency responder kind of roles. But across the board, I just think it's mostly overkill. And I think it's a way to kind of put people in their place and say, you think you're an individual, but you're not. You're your tool for us, and we're, for us to use. And so for, forget about your individuality. That's gone while you're here if you want a paycheck. And I just, I'd like to see us move away from that. And I'm glad that a lot of the forward thinking sort of innovation companies have kind of realized like we want people with good ideas let's let them be free and bring what they want to the table uh, and i hope more companies go in that direction so yeah dress codes are bad it's uh good that i went last because i agree 100 percent with mike and i agree 100 percent with Bo, and i agree partly i disagree with both of them at the same time which doesn't add up mathematically um so i am going to just go ahead and say dress codes are bullshit and uh, really it's because uh, – and we talked about a lot of the reasons that there would be a dress code and I I talked about my frustration figuring out who works somewhere in a store and dealing with the public and uniforms, public safety, all that sort of stuff we talked about. But then like the vast majority – the people I know work in offices, and uh, there I definitely see what Mike is getting at. Um, and and I think that that while you're never going to get away from dress codes everywhere, uh, I I think that they could stand to be loosened or done away with some places. Uh, so because of that, I I feel like they serve a purpose, but at the same time they stifle individuality, as Mike mentioned. So I got to just say they're they're bullshit. So they're bullshit. The the full the full spread on this one. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, no, that's right. I like I like how you guys say it with glee. It's like a it is kind of fun when it is a full spread, especially when it's unintentional because honestly, I was going to say bullshit no matter what you guys said. Um it, and uh, sometimes it's tempting when when one goes one way and one goes the other for the third person that is faced with the temptation of making it a full spread, it just shows a, a, a wide spread of uh, ideas. I think you, Mike, and you, Bo, represented the two sort of uh, sides to this. Extremes. This, yeah. But it's it's like I do think there's always room because even where like I will be soft on this and say like, yeah, I think a police officer should, should wear a police uniform. But I also think like say if you're a man who's a police officer and you want to have long hair, I don't have a problem with that so long as it's not interfering with your job. You tie it up, something like that. I think that there's room to be who you are, um, whatever that is, and still fit in. And I just think that that's so often quashed being the dress codes can be very specific. Military being, of course, the most specific. And the place that demands the most conformity and the least origin, original thinking from its members. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, just for the record, too, while I'm, I come down as good on dress codes, I find um, a lot of the execution of dress codes poor. And, um, you know, there are many dress codes that I dislike. But I think that... Um, you know, that doesn't you, affect For my... the good of the corporation, Bo. Yeah. But if you <laughs> guys if, if you guys were looking for a job and would would a dress code uh, or a uniform be a deal breaker for you on the job? Uh, maybe. I've got my hair growing out long and I'd prefer to keep it that way, but I'm someone who's felt an enormous amount of 
put enormous amount of pressure on myself, not even from, from outward sources to like, well, it's, I have to have a cut and the, you know, like it, that's professionalism means, you know, if you're a man, you have your hair cut and kept a certain way. Um, and I'm looking to actively fight that, you know, in the future and, and, and be a little more autonomous. Uh, but that being said, if I go to, I don't know, short hair, men.com to work for them i mean if it's a deal breaker it's a deal breaker i just don't take that job i also think of it like you know the term the old adage you dress for the job you want not the job you have right and and i i do feel like like when you know in 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 the government we were talking about it's an unwritten uh it's an unwritten dress code and i feel like that's particularly true there all the kind of um, it, it's easier to identify with men than, than women because there's a bit more uh, leeway with what women. But the men who wear suits and are not in managerial roles want to be managers. They're like it, it's 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 the trajectory they're on. I dress very casually because at some point I would like to work maybe for a small business, someplace very casual, someplace very idea focused and like dynamic. Maybe I'll never have that job, <laughs> but hey, I like to think the good, better bullshit is the kind of that job. And guess what? I'm dressed like a slob right now. <laughs> yes. Because like, because what I wear on good, better bullshit doesn't matter. It's my stupid ideas that are the point. Full disclosure: I'm podcasting in my boxers and a t-shirt right now. Oh, Pod- full disclosure: I'm, I'm dressed. I'm wearing for, a tuxedo. I'm dressed for my job. <laughs> I value you guys so much that I I dress in a tux every show. It's too bad we don't do the camera anymore because you would see it. I guess there's no way to prove it. Well, You'll just have to take my word for it. Well, yeah. And uh, speaking of taking your word for it, we want to take your words in the form of an email. Um, if you have an email or something you have that you want to say about dress codes, you can email us at goodbadbull.com or sorry, you can email us at goodbadbull at gmail.com, but you can find out more about our show on our website, goodbadbull.com. There there's links to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher and an RSS, uh, link, uh, that you can use in any old podcatcher. If you have a, an alternative that you prefer to use. Um, finally, you can like us on Facebook from the site, and you can follow us on Twitter at GoodBadBull. Uh, additionally, you can find out more about uh, you know Michael Crofton and I by following our Twitter accounts. And so, Crofton, if our listeners want to find out more about you, where can they find you? They can find me tweeting away the rest of the day. What do you say? At Crofton Steers on Twitter. Hooray! Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that was Crofton. That was beautiful. Yeah, thank you, I'm, thank you. I made that up. Um, it was it was inspired. So I, I'm still going to ask you the question, Mike, but I know that you won't be able to follow that beauty up very well. Uh, you know, where can our listeners find you? Oh, they can find me doing a little bit of this, <laughs> tweeting. That's a toy. That's a toy for my infant child. Yeah, they'll. <laughs> <laughs> at ML Hodgins. No, it's kind humbled. of a lie because I don't really tweet anything. But I've been humble. I, I was like, you can't follow that up with anything good, and now I'm just dumbfounded. Um, amazing guys, that, that was that was ama- some amazing Where sound effects and poetry. You, uh, at, you can find me uh, at Bo Schwartz tweeting um, irrelevant dumb things. Because that's my thing. Um, I just want to say to our listeners that if you're going to send us an email, make sure to have hair between the length of like three inches and five inches, no longer or shorter. And when you're writing the email, please make sure you're wearing kind of a beige to gray khaki, whether it be pleated skirt or pleated pant, uh, depending on your sex, and a button-up shirt, uh, preferably somewhere between white and blue. You know, powder blue can work. Uh, Other than that, you know, we don't accept, we won't accept your letters. Although for the record, 
Richard, exactly I want to say that code is like. I, I want to say that to avoid any to you know bite any human rights issues in the bud. Um, you know, it's not depending on your sex. You can wear pants or skirts regardless of. Oh, gender. of course, yeah. yes. Men oh, or women, also, just you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Also, we will we will read thirty percent less of emails from women. <laughs> Whoa! Because that's how it works in the corporate world. very out of context when Crofton uh, runs for political office in a few years that's going to come back to <laughs> for sure